Hello and welcome to Comic Book Fix, the new comics show from your friends on the Fix Podcast Network. I'm Sam and I'll be your host today. On today's show we'll be discussing WandaVision Episode 6, Radiant Black Issue 1 and Black Widow Issue 1. On this fine episode I'm joined by Chris. Hello. So let's move straight into required reading uh, for this week. Let's talk WandaVision. Um, So I watched it a couple of hours ago now uh, while my my kid was sleeping. one Vision episode six. So it's been it's been five episodes since or four episodes since we've uh, talked about your thoughts on WandaVision. What have you been thinking so far? You you enjoying it? Yeah. So I I really really uh, liked it. What I find very funny is that your like prediction rate arc on this has been very very high. I want to say a hundred percent. I can't like guarantee that because I don't. Maybe you said something like super crazy at the at the beginning that like is kind of out there. But like generally speaking, you've gotten everything correct. That's what happens when you read too many comics. It yeah, it's almost depressing the way in which you know exactly what's going to happen. So, in in terms of the actual like show itself, I am not one of these people. Uh, you guys talked about it last episode about uh how pat was sort of not like falling off but there's been this idea that like oh the the like sitcom bit like doesn't doesn't do as well like past maybe one or two episodes right um i did not find that at all i have sort of loved every minute of the show and been um sort of really happy with what everything is right now you know like it it's just hit for me in a in a very specific way that there is like one uh thing in this episode that i don't like i don't like the uh commit the commander what the what the heck is that guy's name i i meant meant to go write down his name hayward yeah i don't i don't like him i i understand that he's supposed to be the heel and that i'm not supposed to like him but what i actually don't like is the like bit that we're doing where like this one military guy like wants to like show his military might over like the superpowered person like like I get it but I'm just tired of doing it because like it's never a thing that's like been interesting to me like I can't think of a single time in any sort of comic book media where I've liked this character like the the bit that this guy is doing it's like not a good bit for me yeah but i like understand that it like to some degree it has to be there but i don't i don't think it has to be i think you could have wanda like scared and trying to keep everyone trapped in because she doesn't doesn't want to like face the reality like that is the conflict of the show you don't need some like gruff military dude like trying to like shoot her to death yeah i'm like i don't know i feel like marvel should have looked at the several other times they've done this and been like well if you lived in this universe are you gonna be the guy that's like well i me i can defeat the superheroes like it hasn't worked out for so many people 
Have you read any Young Avengers stuff? So I, the, the um the the all new all different is the closest I've gotten to to Young Avengers. I know like tan- tangentially, like I I understand the roster mm. of of Young Avengers, but I haven't dug into any of those books. Right. Yeah. Well, just because there's there's a couple of Young Avengers references this week. I don't want to go too deep into them, actually, to be honest, because I feel like, yes, we're talking in full spoilers for the show, but I don't want to spoil people's enjoyment of the show by talking about things that I know right. from reading comics that they haven't read. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Totally. Because like, there's, there's not much fun in me saying, like, oh, this person is dressed like this character um, when, like, that's not... Like that doesn't help any of our audience if they're not huge comic fans, and if they're huge comic fans, they already know, you know. And it's like that's that's ninety percent of the reason I wanted to be on the show because I wanted I wanted you guys specifically to help me get there. Yeah, I know the the the, the like seventy individual puzzle pieces that ha- that all, all have to come together. I just haven't put the puzzle together myself. If that makes sense. And like um. Uh, Pat just texted me, by the way, saying, "I genuinely hope Hayward bites it." Oh yeah, he dude sucks, <laughs> and like sucks in like the bad wrestling heel kind of way, where you just you want him off of your television screen. You don't want to hmm. you don't want to watch him get beat up. You just want him not to be anywhere near any anything. You just yeah far away, go away, please, shoo. Yeah, I'm like you can't like be like oh. I'm glad you blipped out because you couldn't have handled it. It's like, okay, buddy, like, yeah, it seemed like it was a sad time from that scene in Avengers where one of the Russo brothers played the only out gay character in a Marvel movie. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. That's a whole That's a whole thing. There's a whole kettle of fish there. Yeah. I'm really, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. I think last week's episode was probably my favourite. Um, I really like the sitcom stuff. Like, uh, the first sitcom episode is my favourite of all of those. Right. Like, the very first episode. But um, we're, last week, I felt like the merging of the two, of the, the outside world and Westview, made for a, a really engaging show. And I, like, you're getting the same thing again this week. Like, yeah. it's the same like level of engagement for me. Yeah, I mean, like... I'll do a little bit of a recap here, I think, because it's it's important, I think, to like run over some story bits. Yeah. So they're doing Malcolm in the Middle this week. Like that's the the show they're parodying. Okay, I was go- I I was going to ask you if you knew because I I didn't I didn't watch enough of it to un like like now that you say it right it it, it makes sense to me. But like when I was watching the episode at three this morning, mm. um. I, I had no idea, but yeah, that totally makes sense. Now I get why Tommy was talking to the camera. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seeing Billy and Tommy talking to the camera uh, in like true Markham in the Middle style is very funny. I feel like the only thing that I'm thinking I'm seeing is that we're losing a bit of the sitcom stuff to the like Wanda versus Vision storyline that's happening so when she's like oh i'm dressed as a traditional sokovian fortune teller and he was like oh that's very sexy blah 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 but then like that sitcom stuff basically ends there and he's like oh i'm gonna go 
uh, and do this thing and lies to her when actually he's going to explore the town. Yeah, I, I, I hearken back to what Pat said in that first episode about how the the joy of the show is that they're not like they don't have to be in conflict with you with each other, and I understand why we're we're getting there. We have to get there, right? Vision Vision has to realize that he's not well, you know. Yeah. But it just it's it sucks that it has to sort of come out this way. Like, again, you could just have somebody like one of the sword agents walk in and like start questioning Vision. It doesn't have to come from like. Uh, an argument with Wanda herself like yeah it's it's interesting isn't it because like the running theory that I have is that she's recreated Vision in the same way that she created her and she created Tom, Billy and Tommy but if she's created Vision then like and we know that he doesn't have any memories pre-Westview there's a lot of like she created him with like all of these like kind of values that would be in opposition to her, which is quite interesting. Right. There, there is that. There is that one bit where he's talking to Agnes by the car, and he doesn't know what an Avenger is, mm. which is interesting because I I would have thought up to this point that um, it's just. It's basically what they what they're supposed to do in Star Wars. It's like a you're like getting a new droid, and you're just like it's the same droid, but you're just wiping his memory. Yeah. Um, but to to wipe it so far that Vision doesn't know who the Avengers are. Yeah. Because they created him. That like probably what's happening is that like it's not like it obviously can't be vision because the mind stone is gone Mm. and also that his like crawling out of the out of the web death thing is like horrifying and bad yeah it was really good effect i hate it like (laughs) i i I, it's good but i hate it i crawly bad yeah scary bad it it was one of the more horror moments we've had in the show um but yeah, so like running back on the recap, so like speaking of running back, Quicksilver is around. Um Pietro um and it's uh, Pietro as as discussed last week is being played by Dane DeHaan. Is it Dane DeHaan? No, Evan Peters. I get those two mixed up all the time. Um Evan Peters for who played Peter Maximoff in the X Men movies. And I don't know, it's very interesting because he doesn't seem to be acting like Pietro or Peter in this. He seems to be basically just like a a face that can be, you know, that is identifiable as, as Peter or slash Pietro. Right. I think I, 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 I think they like Marvel definitely wants you to to think that it that it is the same Pietro, the same person with the knowledge that it that it is not his like face. Yeah, like it's weird. I have a theory, right, that Pietro is the 
avatar slash representative of the of the villain that is responsible for what's happening. That's my current theory now. So yes, Wanda made Westview, and Wanda is controlling everyone. But there's somebody who's been nudging her along this line. Right. And I know the theories were that it was Agnes and that she's a, a, a famous Marvel character. But I'm, I've got to say, I'm leaning towards Agnes not really being a part of it and that she's a red herring, like, on purpose. She's She's been right. put out there to get fans to think she's the villain. Right. When, like... I think this episode especially, there's been loads of winks and nods that she knows what's going on. Especially like last week when she said, oh, do you want me to take it from the top? Do you want me to do that again? And in in this week, she's in the opening credits with Naughty written on her butt. Oh, wow. I didn't didn't catch that. Yeah, she's wearing like juicy joggers. Nice. Like track, track pants, but they say Naughty instead. Wow. And she's like, she's in the opening credits. But then at the end, when they show the family behind the WandaVision logo, she's not there. Um, so I was like, oh, is that another sign that she's the villain? And I think that, that it's all red herrings and that the villain is going to be something more, something that we haven't been introduced to before, like something like Mephisto or whatever, and, or like you know, something magical and bad, and that that will be the the root cause that that person will have manipulated Wanda into doing everything and I think that Pietro is like oh she's starting to realise what's going on she's wanting out and maybe she's rebelling against her original thoughts and that's why Pietro comes in because I feel like they've got to give us back a Wanda that we can root for as a heroic character Yeah. in three episodes time yeah and and, and less like uh like Jeff said last week, unless they don't do that, like unless they just decide not to do that, but I'd say it's fifty fifty at this point. Yeah, I, yeah, the the definitely like I think it's clear that it's the kind of it's all wonder, wonders the bad guy, is the a plot. It's just whether there is a b plot, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think they're also they're lining up Monica to be like a future superhero. Because they're, they're doing the like, oh, your genetics have been changed multiple times when you go in. And like when they show her x-rays and it's just one big glowing light. Yeah. So I had to I had to watch the episode with the blip twice because in that just that first like 15 seconds, they give you the uh, Captain Marvel quote from from the movie. To, to like let you know that that's Monica and in case you're like me and yeah. and just w- weren't paying attention to like her name specifically um, mm. and uh, yeah I felt very very silly when my dad noticed it before I did <laughs> and I had to go back and watch the episode a second time just to get that but yeah like so I'm I'm definitely ex- bec- like because of that I definitely did a Google search. And so that is one of the things that I, I broke the, the, the seal, as it were, and figured that out. It's kind of like future spoilers, isn't it? Like, 
if you it's like when you read watch an anime and read the manga yeah when the anime runs out of episodes like you know what's gonna happen um so it's yeah it's similar to that sort of thing really yeah but the uh the interesting thing for me is yeah i think there's something going on with pietro that's more than just oh it's the x-men pietro i think that like we know that multiverse stuff is happening very soon in multiple things. And we know that Doctor Strange is dealing with some crazy powerful characters. So I think that it's going to be something like that. Like a, a Doctor Strange villain is using this P, the Peter Maximoff from the X-Men universe to try to keep a hold of Wanda because Pietro is dead. Yeah, That's my theory. It could it it could be like a like a sort like an almost sort of like secret wars type thing too, right? Of like somebody is pulling in all the other heroes from other dimensions to be like the bad guy team. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see an Avengers versus X Men sort of thing happening, and we don't actually have that many Avengers like future Avengers movies plotted out. I don't think they've even announced one. Yeah, so. Uh, they can't let that franchise die. It's too too much money. So I I think I think at this point Marvel itself is just is just the the thing. Like it it doesn't have to have Avengers on it to be like number one. I think I think you could push like Disney has the ability to push any of these things to to like number one in digital sales or box office or however you want to like. Like it doesn't matter if they if they tell you it's important enough people will just go for it. In um the if you look at the like cinema stats for like twenty nineteen I think it was that um Disney had eight out of ten of the top movies in cinema that year, and like one of the other two was a Fox movie. Like it's it's crazy. There's the stranglehold Disney has on box office. But yeah, so. I guess wrap back around. Have you got any other theories or thoughts you want to share on the episode before we move on to the pull list? Um, I would love because the ep- so the episode ends with a with a really great bit of Wanda because Vision has has snuck out of the of the bubble, but Vision can't survive outside the bubble, so Wanda has to grow the bubble, um, and, and what you see is all of the. All of the sword agents get turned into like clowns and mimes and circus performers, which is a great bit. I would love this isn't this probably isn't gonna happen, but I would love to come come back. Like the first shot is like somebody in a in Avengers Tower. It could it could just be anybody, right? Um, looking out the window and seeing like the red bubble ha- ha- has like gone all the way from from new new jersey to new to new york for some reason yeah that's that's i i want to see the limit how far she can push it and i wonder if pushing it is what's going to be the downfall of westview like she'll start to loot because you can see that outside of the areas where the show is taking place people aren't moving yeah oh that lady that was crying while hanging the halloween decoration that was creepy yeah. That was really well done. Her and her husband like stuck in Yeah. the same motion for background actor syndrome. So they said in episode 4 it had been like a week 
since, like, they killed killed Thanos. It's not been long. Y yeah, they, they gave some sort of, like, t t time tip. I don't know, like, a week or, like, ten days. I think that it's set fairly... Like, I think she rescues Vision's body shortly after Endgame. But I don't know what she does, like how long it takes for her to set up Westview. Right. I assume we'll find all that stuff out, to be honest. I think the timeline of it is is kind of interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it's set before Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, that, that I I for the longest time thought thought that thought that Far From Home what was leading into Endgame because Peter comes back on a bus. I. It wasn't until I saw Far From Home that, like, I understood that it was after. Like, I, I, I thought the entire premise was always to be that it was before because nothing would be yeah. after. I, yeah. um, that was one of the things I was saying to Pat, I think, the other day, that I wished they had, when they'd um, blipped away characters at the end of Infinity War, I wish they hadn't blipped away any characters that had confirmed sequels because it felt like, oh, well... Obviously, T'Challa's not dead because Black Panther Two has been greenlit and budgeted, right. and it's the you know the best-selling movie in this series. I wish they hadn't done it because it made it very obvious to if, if you paid a bit of attention that that they were all coming back. Yeah, like once one or two left, you I was like, oh, obviously they're all coming back. When I feel like they could have done a like, you guys need to defend Earth. The original Avengers are going to go to space and do this thing. Yeah. My original, um, I don't know if I've ever told you my original um, Infinity War slash Endgame theory, which was that in Infinity War they were going to kill Thanos, so that uh, so my theory was they were going to kill Thanos at the end, and that um, Cap was going to die. And then Tony was going to try and go back in time to stop, to alter history and stop Cap from dying. And uh, he would be the, Tony would be the villain of Avengers Endgame. That was my theory. Huh. That, that does sound like a Tony Stark thing to do. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. My, th my theory was that the final battle was going to be like Cap telling Tony that he doesn't need to live and like he's it's okay for him to die. And then Tony would have died through some other means. That was my theory all along. But then I saw Infinity War and was like, oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, <laughs> but speaking of things that uh, couldn't be more right, uh, let's move over to our poll list. So um, this week you brought um, 2020's Black Widow issue one. Yeah, because I... So I had, I was being very lazy and I was looking today for uh for things that I could read and I just saw oh well well new this week is is Black Black Widow number three on Marvel Unlimited so I'll go back and read the first one. Um and I like it a lot more than that um Avengers number one that I that I brought the first time I was on the show. Um Probably because it just focuses on one or two characters, um, and not like six of them. Um, but th but this was a really gripping issue number one, and it like it like actively compelled me to like go like look at it and like get like a release schedule. There's a um, the first five issues are coming out in a trade in March. So if you like if you look at this issue 
and you're like, okay, uh, that that sounds great. The first five issues are out in March. But um, anyway, it has a really interesting premise where you open uh, Black Widow is on a mission. It's her and Steve and Clint, and they're getting like some data or something. I can't remember exactly what Steve said it was, but they open on that. You get to see like Black Widow do like cool acrobatic things, and then like she goes home to her her apartment. Um, it's been broken into. She falls out of a window, and then you snap cut to three months later in San Francisco. You suddenly see her like as a civilian working construction, like admin on a construction site, which is really interesting. Uh, so you just see her ha having like a normal life for a bit, and then you flash, you go back to New York, and Hawkeye is watching TV, and he's like, wait, that's Natasha. Why is Natasha on a camera? She would never let herself be, like, photographed like that. Something must be wrong. I need to go save her. So Clint calls Bucky, the Winter Soldier, and is like, hey, I need you to come get Natasha with me. She's in, like, California. We need to go there. So they go there and, again, find out that, like, Black Widow is just living a normal life. And you find out at the end of the first issue that she has a boyfriend, a partner. And I immediately had to read the second episode to, like, or the second issue to figure out if it was, like, a character that I was supposed to know or not. And it, it's not, but it's, like, people should, should, I think, get into it because it's way easier to pick up and understand than a lot of the other uh, number ones that I've tried to read. That sounds really good. Uh, I've uh, bookmarked it myself. I think I'll give it a read. Um, I like Kelly Thompson. She She's written some good um, Captain Marvel stuff. Covers are very pretty. I, I, I was really happy when I when I looked up her name on like the Marvel website and saw that she had like a 120 credits, like 120 separate issues. So like I have a lot of like stuff to read like she's got some some deadpool some captain marvel yeah she wrote a limited series called star that i bought every issue of but never read a single one of so i should probably read that it looks really good just from the cover yeah the art in here is really is, is really interesting because what you get what you get in the in the so in the sort of like uh conceptual like thought budget this is an action book where the, the majority of the art and the majority of the, like, splashy page-type stuff is going to be her doing Black Widow stuff and them, like, really detailing that stuff out. Uh, so what you get is the, the contrast of, like, the, like, close-ups on people's faces you see in comics, like, not being as, like, poppy and vibrant, but instead getting these really action-y like splash pages that are really uh, interesting. Mm, that sounds really good. Yeah. I, I was saying to you earlier that I really like the Wade and Samney Black Widow run that was cut massively, massively short because she was killed off in some event and they were like, oh, we had like a, you know, 20, 30 issue storyline for her, but we had to wrap it up in 12 because she was being killed off. Yeah. Um, 
and the, the like the decision was made like way way before them and i don't think wade and samley have done anything else for marvel since like mark wade writes for marvel i think but i don't think that the duo have done anything because they did like a hundred issues of daredevil and did this incredible storyline um but yeah so yeah I'd, I'd recommend that wade and samley one definitely i had a quick look at the preview for this um black widow on the marvel site and the the artwork is a little cleaner than the Wade and Sammy stuff. His his stuff is like a bit more old school, like more John Romita Jr. like really old school. I'll I'll put a link. the The artist like today put up a put up a Tumblr post of a commission that she did for uh, uh, Scarlet Witch, and it looks just fantastic. I'll, I'll DM it to you, and and we can put it in the show notes because it's just bananas crazy. It's it's so good. Cool. Keeping on the uh, the black train, I guess, we've got, um, I read Radiant Black, issue one. So this is an indie book um, from Image. Um, it's written by Kyle Higgins, who is the Power Rangers guy. I don't know if you were aware of this, but I want to say like three or four years ago, a new reboot of Power Rangers was came out right and it was like massively massively beloved yeah and 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 then they killed it and 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 crushed all my dreams because it was really good and they said they're not going to make another one oh yeah yeah i'm I'm very aware not the movie sorry the the there were comics oh okay yeah there was a reboot comic series basically that kind of used the everybody knows who the power rangers are these are the power rangers and then just built on that idea and like use the likenesses of the original tv cast and stuff and the the writer kyle higgins is obviously a big power rangers fan and it was a really good story uh, it had the the villain was a power uh, was an evil green ranger called lord draken from another multiverse like that that was kind of where he was going with it it's it's well done it's really yeah. good so i i i think a a, a lot of this um, was probably also in that fighting game that, that came out. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. That's what the, the yeah, fighting yeah, yeah, is, yeah, takes yeah. a lot of the characters from it because the, the comic was so well-liked. Yeah. I think it might even still be running, I have to say. I don't know. Yeah. I thought I saw that they were about to like collect it into, into like a collection, like a big... Mm-hmm. I saw Jason David Frank, who is Tommy, saying something about like a, a collection. I don't know if that is like all of the like previous stuff up to this or or whatever. Yeah, so Kyle Higgins wrote that series that was like very well loved and that I thought was pretty good as well. I, I read the first I wanna say like twelve issues and thought it was pretty good and then just completely forgot to go back and read it. Him along with an artist called Marcello Costa. Marcello Costa, I I you know, I'm butching names every episode. They've pulled out this series called Radiant Black. And the reason that I uh, picked it up was because I saw a tweet saying this book is for fans of Invincible. And I was like, oh, I think Invincible is one of the best comics ever written, so I'm going to read it. Um, so the pitch is basically, this character, the main character is called Nathan. He's just literally just turned 30. He's um, an aspiring writer slash novelist, um, but he can't. Uh, he's massively, massively in credit card debt. He's an Uber driver because he can't write anything that he can sell. 
Um, and he's like, do you know what? I give up. And he moves back home with his parents. And But then, while he's back home visiting his parents, he like goes out for drinks with an old friend, and they come across this... It's kind of like a black and white like floating shape thing. It looks like kind of like a sunrise, almost. But, like, really... like It's really cool looking. The design is really good. When you describe it, it almost sounds like a monster you would find in, in like, Persona or something. Yeah. It's, like, it's really small. It's, like, um, the size of, like, a Nerf ball. And it's, like, floating in the air. And the, the two guys, they've had a few drinks. And Nathan is like, well, I'm just, I'm going to see what this is. And he touches it, and it instantly transforms him into, like, a superhero. So it, like, covers his whole body and his face in, like, give, give, think of a mix between a Power Rangers outfit and a traditional superhero yeah. outfit. Like, that's kind of what it looks like. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. I can't get this off. What's happening? Um, and then... The, some cops turn up and they're like, hey, what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? And um, Nathan levitates them oh. <laughs> off the ground. Uh, and he's like, oh, okay, something's going on here. And then, like, him and his friend, like, fly away for, to escape the cops. That's kind of, that's most of the first issue. It's not a huge, like, the, the, the writing is really well done. The characters are really good. The art's really good. Um, I'm definitely going to continue reading it. It's, I would absolutely, it'll, it'll be like on my top list of stuff that, you know, when I open Comixology, I'm like, ah, the new issue of this is out. Can't wait to read it sort of thing, which is, there's only a few comics at the moment that I'm reading where I'm like, I have to read this the day it comes out every week. It's nice to see creators get to tell like an actual origin story because that's been taken away from from so many different characters, you know? Mm. There aren't that many true number ones left unless you go create them. And it's really in inspiring to sort of see people just having faith in themselves to go out and, and, and make that stuff. It's really good. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I thought I would read it, I was going to read it this week anyway, but the reason I thought to bring it this week was I was like, oh, Chris is always looking for a story he can start at number one. Yeah. And this is absolutely that. Like, this is a really cool superhero story um, that you can kind of get in on the ground floor of. Um, of I don't know whether it's going to be on any of the subscription services or anything. I can I, I, I can manage one or maybe two pulls a month. You know, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I mean, like, that's... I, I'm very similar in that I try to... I, I try to buy stuff when... I'm going to read it because I used to just buy stuff and like, I'm trying to think of the right term, like um, speculatively, I'd be like, that looks good. I'll buy it. And then I'd be like, oh, well, I'll just subscribe to it so that I don't miss the next one. And then I like, like with that star, I have five issues of it that I've never read. So and, and then you have an eBay page of 2,000 comics that you need to sell. So I used to do that, but now I buy everything digitally, so I can't sell them. Right. So that's my my stupidity, really. But yeah, I would definitely really recommend Radiant Black based on that first issue. Um, I would at least say, like, if you liked Invincible, go give it a shot. It's like the the idea the 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 theory behind it is that they're saying they wanted to create a realistic millennial superhero book. So it's like 
admittedly, as someone who's in their 30s, this is like, you don't tend to see that many characters that are like normal people if they're my age. Normally they're like Captain America, who's a full-time soldier, or you a slash superhero. Or you've got people like Tony Stark, Reed Richards, etc., who are all billionaires, millionaires. Yeah. Like actual real people in their thirties don't tend to exist. Right. Or it's like a it's it's like a tough guy, like a Luke Cage or like a Daredevil who's like yeah. Oh, I'm really I'm really athletic and like really good already and I just need something else to give me superpowers. Yeah. That's the the interesting thing about Nathan is that he's kind of rubbish. Like, it's not the kind of character that you'd be like, oh, I want to be friends with this guy. He's like, he's a bit rubbish, really. And I think that's really interesting. There's some there's some storylines that they're hinting at in the, in the solicits for the book. They're like, they hint at like a future for future storyline. And the final page of the issue has like a, this is also happening sort of thing going on. Um, which I really, which I'm excited to see what happens next. But for now, I don't want to spoil anything because I think it's actually like really good, and I think most people should read it if yeah. they can. Yeah, I, I will always support the idea that you should a get. Is this? I don't. I don't know for sure that this is creator owned, but this sounds like a thing that would be creator owned. Yeah, I think all image stuff is creator owned. So Kyle Higgins and Marcello Costa probably own this book yeah or at least should own the character yeah so you should buy it a based on that because that is the practice that should be used going forward and b it just sounds like a a really good solid premise yeah he said that the idea came to him while he was writing power rangers and it was a story that he marinated on for a while and then was like you know what this isn't a power rangers story this is a story that i can do elsewhere for myself sort of thing um so yeah i'd recommend definitely i'd also i would i i think yeah like give power rangers a try I'm, i know that's on comiXology i'm sure yeah and like absolutely give that a try anyone who's listening yeah power power rangers is like just that is my cheese whiz in the mouth type just give it to me <laughs> just straight up in my veins all the time yeah very very excited to like definitely yeah give that give that carl higgins book a shout it's really good uh, at least the first 12 that I read were good. I should go back to it, but there are too many comics. So did you... Uh, I, I don't know if you read anything else. The one thing I was going to say is I finished uh, Volume 3 of One Piece today. Oh, I, I know very, very little about One Piece except for the fact that A, it is long, it is very, very long, and B... The people who like it really like yeah, it. Yeah, there are over a thousand chapters of One Piece, and the first three volumes get you up to chapter 26. So how, so how are you adjusting with manga reading uh, the, the opposite direction? So I read quite a bit of manga more, much, much more lately. So like in the last year, because I used to read like, I read all of Death Note, and like I'd read a few other mangas like through the years, like short ones that people had recommended to me. And I was like, Do you know what? I'm actually gonna like I'm gonna try and get into it. So I read like eighty chapters of Chainsaw Man, that was really good. And then I was starting to get into watching some animes 
and then I like I watched like the first episode of a few and then was like oh do you know what like I actually think I would probably prefer to read this story in a lot of cases so I got the Shonen Jump subscription because it's like a dollar a month um and it's really it's pretty good to be honest it has everything Shonen Jump has ever put out uh so yeah I've been reading I've I bought the physical first three volumes of One Piece but I'll be continuing to read it digitally um yeah, it's really good. Um, it made me laugh out loud multiple times. That's all, always always good when a book can can make you do that because you don't get that as as much. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of one of the good jokes. Um, uh, there's a bit where one of the characters is stabbed, and uh, he's fighting another. He's fighting this um, evil pirate basically because it's all about pirates. And, like, this guy's, like, a complete badass. He fights with three swords. He holds one in each hand and then has one in his teeth. And uh, the guy's like, oh, uh, you don't worry. If you don't beat me, you can use the excuse that you you were stabbed in a previous fight. <laughs> and, he's, and he gets his sword out and he cuts himself more at the stab site. He, like, stabs himself again and cuts out. And he goes, ah, now I've got a proper... Um, a proper handicap. Maybe you'll win. Wow. But yeah. So I'm going to carry on reading it. There's a lot of good jokes. Um, uh, one one character suplexes a lion. Okay. See, you 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 with me. You lead with suplexing a lion. All you got to say, there's <laughs> suplexing. Okay, I, I'm in. Good to go. Let's go. Yeah, it's funny. It's worth a it's worth a read. Definitely. I think the anime's uh, pretty good as well. But the thing that I have heard is that they, in when it gets up to modern times, that the anime is go, is adapting one chapter to one episode, and that it's really slow going when you're watching it as a TV, because like a chapter of manga you can read in like ten minutes, but they're turning it into a like twenty five minute show, yeah, and it doesn't work as well. Ad- adaptation, especially with anime, because the old- the people who are buying it are diehard anime fans, and they're like so cagey about like actual adaptation as opposed to just direct translation. And it's like a the the like the audience needs to like calm themselves down with some of that stuff. But then also the people making the show need to like be allowed to have the ability to just make changes that are better for it being in a different medium. Mm. It's part of why I've, I've never gotten into reading manga is because like I, I am the opposite of you. I would prefer to watch a thing and let a thing passively happen like then to try to read it. But the, the way that like manga and anime are so different yet so similar all the time mm. is like daunting. Yeah, I mean, I've watched the first like ten or so episodes of One Piece, and it is good. It's a good show, but I, I'm like, well, I could. It'll probably take me like years to watch five hundred episodes of One Piece, but I could read a thousand chapters in a few weeks. So maybe that's where because I read the eighty something chapters of Chainsaw Man in like a day and a half. Yeah, I think we should probably end the show there. Um, as I need to go and make dinner. Yeah. So, uh, if you read any of the comics we discussed or you liked or disliked the show and want to let us know about it, you can email us at comics at fix.space. You can tweet us at fixpodcasts. 
please rate and review us on your podcast service of choice, as that will help more people find the show. Thanks again to Jeff Davis for our wonderful intro music, for editing the show, and thanks everyone for listening, and we're back next week with episode 7 of WandaVision. Thank you.